episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? And as always, we are sponsored by our wonderful sponsor, Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. One dollar gets your name on all of our streams and videos and access to the exclusive Patreon channel to give us a feedback, tell us how we're doing, make some suggestions in the show. Uh, $5 gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content, which will be out by the time you're hearing this episode. And there might be another one this week. We haven't really, this month we haven't really decided, but I still do want to talk about some good time D&D stories with the boys. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get that out there. And then, of course, $50, $20 a national gets you the monthly swag bag mailing, which Chris will hopefully have out this week once the cards show up at his doorstep. Yeah, I bet I bet I can get them mailed up this week. Like I said, we'll see. I, I did order them at a really great time. So sadly, just bulk orders like we do when we're ordering for as many people as we are, they always come a little bit slower. But this time I was able to order it right when we had our cutoff. So I'm expecting, a, you know, this is about a week from then. We should be. I tell you what, though. I pl- I placed a big Carcanum order yesterday, like right after their usual, like, hey, if you order by noon, well, we can try to get it out that day. Mm-hmm. But usually that hasn't mattered because it takes like four days for the ship. My yeah. order shipped this morning. So mm. Carcanum might be back. Yeah. Well, you know what's surprising? Um, they're going to come up, I think, uh, for a segment we're going to do in a minute, I'm pretty sure. But I actually ordered through Star City Games. I don't think that I've ever ordered through Star City Games before. And how they you, had by far. How did you the website? You know what? It got better. Like, the, I guess because it was a recent card, you know? No no super spoilers here, but because it was a somewhat recent card, uh, they were the only ones that had a bunch in stock, and they were cheaper than anywhere TCG player, Card Kingdom, any of the usual spots they were cheaper than. And I was like, wow, that's I'm normally not used to that. So, Yeah, honestly, they've been kind of my big fallback lately because TCG player, you got to really be careful because they'll just put your cards to the ringer if you get from their TCG Direct because their shipping material is now awful for TCG Player Direct. So SCG has been kind of my CK backup if I'm looking for cards now lately. Yeah, like I said, definitely been definitely been happy with that. But yeah, we can continue with our announcements, I suppose. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, D&D came out this last week, um, or at least it was pre-release. So did anyone get out and go play? I know I just bought some product, and then I'm getting ready for our our next sealed league. So I'm excited. The cards look sweet. They like having them in person, like man, the, the land alt arts and the, the monster manual cards just look gorgeous. Oh, the cards look awesome. I know Ricky went to play Ricky. You want to regale us with your pre-release stories? Pre-release was interesting and a lot of fun. Um, this limited format is very interesting. Xanathar is a very fun card for one player. (laughs) Right. Is it my opponent? No, it actually, <laughs> it is the most unfun card for your opponent because they literally just play against their own deck and they never draw a spell for the rest of the game. Literally the dumbest thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody playtested that card in a limited format, but like you slam it and your opponent has one turn to kill it. And for some reason it has six toughness, so it doesn't die to any of the removal. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they have to kill it or then they lose the game immediately does it um uh is it a mythic or is it a rare it's a mythic okay all my uh all my homies came with me everybody opened full art dragons i just had to sit there with my i uh, didn't realize the uncommon dragons were getting florence but i opened a couple of them they're really sweet and then i opened a set box and pulled a full art inferno and then my sealed league pool has a full art foil of the blue dragon so Ian opened a full art icing death, 
Ooh. Uh, an alternate art Drizzit, which is also pretty expensive, mm-hmm. and a foil pre-release promo Book of Exalted Deeds. Oh my goodness, just pay for itself. Yeah, mm. and Plus then uh, Elizabeth pulled the full art foil Imareth. Uh-huh. The blue one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's pretty crazy, like... That's the one I opened in my for our sealed league pool. No so, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ward counters abilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Uh, because the uh, there's that green card that can't be countered, and you can uh, you can use it to fight without paying Ward. I learned that. Thanks, mm-hmm. Arena. There we go. Uh, I learned it by getting blown out by it. Because I ha- I drafted Immerith, and then my opponent killed it. <laughs> I'll tell you what though the the set box was definitely a good idea for these these art cards. I love the art cards. This set they're just like the monster cards in the back, and then I didn't realize they're also art cards of some of the monster manual cards. So I opened an art card of the gelatinous cube D and D art, and it's just hilarious because it's just like a big cube going like ah. Oh yeah, that's but then awesome. I real but then I also realized that its eyes are just skulls like upside down. Oh cool. But the, the old book cards are, I think, they, these are the best showcase frames we've had, like, this whole time they've been doing them, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I've really liked some of them, that's for sure. I definitely think these are pretty cool ones, you know? What do you guys think about Flavor Text Basic Lands? Um, They're good. I'm not going to run out and replace all of my Basic Lands, but I think they're better than just nothing Basic Lands. I think they're... I don't, I don't like them. You don't like them? They're too busy. I I don't like them either, but I don't hate them, right? Like, but I'm also the guy who likes the unglued version of the the lands, not the unhinged ones. Oh, I'm I'm playing with Pokemon lands. Yeah, that that's uh, that's that's you know totally fine as well. But like, um, if you think I about all get... the the best full art lands, like you think about the unhinged, even the unglued, and then like the Theros lands, right? Like all the best lands are like really not busy right mm-hmm. they're, they're more very uniform i actually have really fallen in love with the unstable lands or the ones with the like the ones that are sort of like the border like fades off the top you know what i mean yeah uh i've been playing with those on arena and they just look so good but i just think that the line of text in the middle of the land just makes it look like i don't know busy it reminds me of playing with vivid lands which was the most ugly magic experience of my entire life i opened a tiamat and i like want to flip this thing as fast as possible (laughs) it's a regular tiamat is it your sealed pool no oh i was gonna say if you open tiamat in your sealed pool you have to play it i mean i would i would definitely have to play (laughs) it i would be honor bound but anyway chris you already mentioned uh star city games let's go into not what killed magic is honestly i didn't see any drama this last week or anything that's noteworthy enough for me to bring up Right. Uh, I mean, there's some, there are some pe- things about some people going around, but I don't want to dig up personal attacks on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, we're just going to go into what saved Magic this week. So play Ooh. the Arena Explosion in reverse. Uh, as Chris teased, Star City announced today that they are bringing back not uh, the SCG Tour, at least online for now. But part of that announcement was that the Invitational will be in person at SCG Con in October, and I also know that the NRG series is getting ready to relaunch, which is like the big Midwest paper tournament series. So paper magic is coming back at least to, to a higher degree in, in the U.S. So I am getting very, very excited. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I'm excited for it. Again, I told you guys this story right before we went live, but this is kind of the second time that SCG saved Magic. The the first time the tour came out, Japanese pros were were just, you know, the hottest thing, right? Like all the best players were Japanese, and not only were they great players, but they were innovators, right? Like people were so enthralled with the Japanese and their tournaments because you just always saw new and cool decks coming out, right? And the top players were so incredibly good. So the Star City Games is what, you know, when that tour came out, it really changed everything. Then you saw players like Brad Nelson become number one, whose favorite players were all Japanese, by the way. I think he talked about his favorite player being Kenji Samura, which was also my favorite player back in that day. Um, and then really American players came to the forefront. We had so much more practice than everybody else getting to play Magic that, you know, arguably, right, Europeans did well, but most of your top players were American, right? Just because you you always had an event going on. It wasn't that crazy to travel. America is such, such a large place, but there were so many events concentrated, especially towards like the East Coast, that it wasn't that bad. So seeing this announcement brings joy to my heart. And even though it's mostly online, going to be accompanied by, you know, just getting more price support is the big deal for SEG Online, followed by an in-person invitational, I think is is definitely big. You know, it's still not going to make me play Arena. I'm, I'm definitely still on my personal boycott of Arena for now. But, uh, you know, it's still cool for everybody else who obviously isn't doing that. Now, I will say there is there is an asterisk next to this What's Save Magic because mm-hmm. they haven't announced the formats of the 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 Invitational just yet. Mm-hmm. And I know Cedric keeps talking about Paper Historic. So if that's what is what ends up happening, I'm taking it back. Yeah, very true. Very true. Cedric is brilliant for many, many reasons. Wanting Paper Historic is not one of them. That format is trash garbage. We'll see. They, there's a... They just, uh, someone just did some trolling and found out that there uh, may be a ban and restricted announcement uh, tomorrow, which is going to be Wednesday the 21st. So we shall see if that holds true or not. By the time this episode comes out, uh, everyone at home will know what happened. Uh, Do you think, I think because it's on a Wednesday, it's definitely probably just going to be arena formats, probably historic. And then I'm going to assume also popper. This is Wednesday because you think it's like going to definitely be really focused on at least arena so they can put it, uh, patch it in on Thursday when their, their servers update. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Popper's going to have a big shakeup because Chatterstorm or something from the deck's got to go. What do you, what do you guys think before we talk about our metagame with Pioneer? Uh, do you think anything needs to go in modern and what do you, what do you think? Anything else needs to go? I'm just going to say it right now. I played like the metagame challenge in standard this past weekend. Yeah. Um, on, on Arena, I played it so many times with Ian and Rachel, and then I played through it twice myself with the Bard deck. I'm telling you, Bard class OP. It's a lot of fun, but you know what's not fun? Book? Book. Book is not fun at all. Um, your man is already so bad in Standard, especially if you're playing an allied color pair right now. Like, you really can't afford to play colorless lands like Field of the Ruin. Mm-hmm. to try to like hedge your game against book and like while you're trying to draw your one of field of the ruin while they're at negative life they're just gonna set up another faceless haven in book again mm-hmm. it's not very fun i am already done with it and i think that if i have to spend another two years playing this in standard i don't like everybody's talking about like Oh, but Ghost Quarter and Innistrad's going to help us out. And I'm like, we don't know that. They can't even put the fetch lands in the fetch land set twice. Mm-hmm. Right. So what makes you think they could put Ghost Quarter and Innistrad? Mm-hmm. I, I just need book banned, full on banned. 
Well, you're talking about book and standard. Let's uh, let's roll into talking about a book and pioneer, shall we? I don't like it in pioneer either. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's fatal push. We're definitely going to talk about it. So let's get right into it with that 14 day pioneer metagame update, based of course on the goldfish numbers, which do just mostly take the challenges and some of the preliminaries into results. So this is, of course, the the entire the metagame as a whole, but this gives you a somewhat good overview to know what to expect if you would be playing in a big event this weekend. In at number 12, we have Mono Red Aggro at 3.6%. Mono Black Vampires at 4.1% number 11. Number 10, we have the four-color Jeskai Ascendancy, Silver Awakening, Omnath deck, whatever you want to call it, at 4.1% of the meta. Also, Mono Black Aggro at number 9 with 4.1% of the meta. So 9, 10, 11, they're all sharing the same meta share, just like seven and eight here with enigmatic fires and demure control both at 5.1 percent of the meta number six excuse me we have angel company one of the variants flavors of the book deck run around out there with 5.6 percent of the meta which of course we talked about winning one of the challenges last week and it has another big research this week uh in at fifth place is it phoenix with 6.1 percent of the meta fourth place rakdos pyromancer with 7.1 percent of the meta loris burn at 7.1 percent of the meta as well up to number two, making a big move this week, especially thanks to the the Sunday challenge, it feels like, was Niv to Light with 9.2% of the meta, and Spirits holding strong at 10.7% of the meta. So let's dive into that first challenge, shall we? In eighth place, we have Tristan JWL with four color ascendancy. Seventh Prophet in seventh place, how fortuitous there, with Enigmatic Fires. Pairers in sixth place with Mono Black Aggro. Clyde the Glide Drexler back from last week's challenge, moving up to fifth place this week. Now splashing blue in their um, Bard Class Aggro deck. Geeky in fourth place with the Angel Company book deck here. Third place, Namor Squats with Demir Control. Second place, Enigmatic Fires by Michael Jacobs, the Darkest Mage. And then first place, Kazuka with Niv to Light. So let's start these top eight deck lists and we'll make our way through the rest of the top 32, pointing some stuff out. So eighth place here. What we got here in the in the Sylvan Awakening deck? Dragonlord Ojutai, what are you what are you doing here, buddy? Yeah, that's a that's an awkward Andy right there. I'm not. I, I'd love to get some some context on that. Maybe it's just the newest, hottest tech, and we're, we're just dum dums. But that doesn't even seem like the best five mana dragon like card we could be playing. You know, he's hexproof untapped. Yeah, I mean, I can read. I learned English. English is my first language. You know what I'm saying? So you can attack with him, right? And any spell will hexproof him at instant speed if you have ascendancy out because it untaps him. All right. I live in a world where if we played Ascendancy untapped and have creatures in the board, we've already won the game. That's the world I live in. But also, we we only have five spells besides Mystical Dispute that could eventually untap it. We have Opt. We have five spells, Ricky? We can Mystical Dispute our own... Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying you could. (laughs) We sure could. We could make sense to me. This guy's only five... He's less than five dollars for two. <laughs> Give Dragon Lord a budget what argument. A, what huh? a resounding endorsement, Ricky. You know yeah, what? Yeah. You know yeah. what? I came in here thinking, mm, I don't know if I'm going to buy a card today, but you <laughs> sold me on this one. 
Your $800 deck can only cost, you know, $5 more if you include the double Ojitai package. (laughs) Do you know how many Ojitais can fit in this this baby? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm about to sell this one. I actually like the one that focused a little bit more on the combo. I do think Omnath is fine, and obviously I don't know that Omnath is enough to win it all its own, whereas like a Dragonlord Ojitai, I definitely could see being enough, right? Like, really... The best card in this deck, just like all of Pioneer, is just the four of Sylvan Carrier, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the Expressive Iterations, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think Expressive Iteration is one of those things that just yields to, like, being more spells, right? Like, oh being my more God. powerful, there, so... There better not be a great unprinting of Expressive Iteration this week, because I just paid, like, $10 each for a playset of the F&M promo foils. Look, Oof, yeah. do you guys not even notice the best card in the sideboard here? Gainsay? Fall of the Thran? Six, six mana Armageddon? Take your book and go home? <laughs> yeah, but then how are we winning with our game plan? We don't have any land. They're already dead. That's how the book deck works. Like, they, they die, but they booked. Mm-hmm. And then we right, win. That's fair. That's I, fair. I think unless you're in the Angels, I think the problem is that in the in the Pioneer version, you end up at 244 life a lot of the time. You know, right? Like I don't think that deck's missing life. I, I actually thought that deck, like coming in today, I was a little worried because I hadn't checked the results from the weekend yet. I had a busy weekend, so I was ready to see because I was thinking in my brain, I was like, man, like this is such a polarizing deck, right? Because I was like, one of two things is going to happen. One, it's going to give us some rise to some combos that have answers in the form of either Field of Ruin or Assassin's Trophy, right? Or, um, if you're a red deck, Alpine Moon. Alpine, Alpine Moon, Moon yeah. is the best. So Alpine Moon and Blood Sun work the same way in that uh, where Blood Moon doesn't stop the combo, um, Blood Moon and Al- or Blood Sun and Alpine Moon will because they remove abilities. Right. So what I love about Alpine Moon is you can play it early, they can't activate the Muta Vault, mm-hmm. or you play it late and the Muta Vault will lose the ability because it has the... It's not the ability isn't tied to having the counter. It just has that ability, right? So Alpine Moon is like the perfect way to beat that deck. So is Tomic. I mean, we we saw that be an effective one too, right? Like Tomic is a really a fun and interesting way, I think, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there are ways to do it. But again, I was so concerned because again, the deck also just gains so much life, right? So yeah. like People it, it can be hard either for, way. But yeah. I, it's not a, it's not a thing you can't go unprepared for. You can't just rely on. You know, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I think the Angel deck might be the better version because it's like an already fringe playable like beatdown strategy. Agreed. And then now it can just backdoor into this combo, or yeah. just making additional angels because the book has another ability. Yeah, like I said, like I, I was worried about it. I mean, I really was, and I, I don't think we've seen the full reckoning yet. But I, I think that's an interesting way to do it, right? Like a couple decks that like either can tutor or something like that, which is why I think it's interesting. Like you know. Uh, if there's an enchantment that does it, I'm sure there is. Yeah, your your blood moons and whatnot that are sorry, your alpine moons uh, are uh-huh. enchantments. Yeah. Th- those are fetchable in your your enigmatic incarnation decks. Yeah, right? which lets <clears throat> you go up to seventh place here. Enigmatic incarnation, four of bless moon bless cleric. Mm-hmm. Not much else different here, but um, again, there's a reason why that card is my honorable mention. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can't enigmatic incarnation isn't going to get you um alpine moon most likely but what it is going to get you is moon bless cleric. cleric and moon bless cleric is going to search an enchantment named alpine moon put it on the top of your deck and that's how we're doing it so right. i like this deck as an answer to it and i was thinking i was like man you're gonna have to have decks that have answers that are tutorable if you're gonna stop that and also hope that again you don't you know the angel strategy isn't beating you down in time because again if you're dirtily decks like this well you know that angel deck 
people forget, but that freaking Kaldheim Angel, it gives everybody plus two, plus two when you have enough life. So if you're not putting pressure back on your opponent, you're taking the beats. I forget what deck I was playing against Angels, but, like, we were doing good, but they just, like, outgate. Like, this is even before the book was out. Mm-hmm. They were just, like, we had a chance, but they were just gaining, like, another 17 life a turn. So it's just, like, I was just, I was doing negative damage every turn just because they were just outpacing me on life gain. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right. The Valkyrie of whatever, the Righteousness Valkyrie is so yeah. insane. It gains so much life. Uh, so let's move to, let's see here, does sixth place Mono Black Aggro add anything new to the front here? There's a couple of gold blanks on the sideboard, not really. All right, it's time. Clyde the Glide Drexler, quickly becoming one of my favorite MTGO players. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it right now. Let's just um, go on record. Let's go on record look, right now. I Bard class has honestly revitalized my love of magic right now. And yeah. there are two ways of playing the deck right now, which we're going to talk about both of them here because it's not in this top eight, but it's also at the top of the next challenge. And it's also in this top 32. So there's this sort of aggro beatdown variant, which is a, 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 a t- an updated version of what they played last week. And then also we discovered a sort of storm variant with Bergy and Xenagos. That's also kind of popping off. So it kind of depends on what you want to play. I also played an aggro variant um, that was less mandorks and more just in on all the two drops. So there's plenty of ways to play Bard class. It's a lot of fun. What do we have here? So we have essentially the same deck we talked about last week with it. The, the mandorks, Burning Trees, Galia, Targnar, Clothis, Rada, Ronis, Hazoret, Questing Beast. Uh, we added blue for Royal Scions and a Mystical Dispute in the board. Um, honestly, like, I don't think Royal Sons does a whole lot for me, in my opinion, oh, but... Oh, that's having, where you're wrong. Having the disputes here, though, I think are a really good idea. I think the opportunity cost is pretty low, because I was looking at this, too. We talked about it earlier, and then it, as it we've been kind low. of going over thing, i just been like, oh, yeah, we play four of Othanissa, and if we're playing four of Othanissa, sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, why not? You know, it's free, essentially, right? It costs a green less if we if we got our Bard class going, and then we do have, you know, a Bark Channel Pathway. Well, which... it, costs a red, it costs a red less. My problem with it is, is it does cost two mana, even with a level two Bard class, whereas Sorry. your Domries are costing one. Yeah, I was talking about Oath of Nyssa being free, I think, with the Bard class. That is true. Yeah, that that's Royal Scions is definitely not free. But as Ricky and I will tell you, Royal Scions is insane. The double plus ones to go up to six, yeah, dice, but like it is so tough. And then giving a creature first strike and trample, like people realize, like, oh, first strike. The first strike and trample is so killer. It's such an insane ability, especially in this deck. Like, it might be better here than it was in, in our Phoenix decks or, or pretty close to it. I'm going to have to try it out, but I don't think the deck needed it. When I was going off with it, right, like, you just put, like, sex, you, you put, like, six, <laughs> like, five, five legendaries on the board in one turn, and your opponent just isn't going to survive. Are we editing that, or can we just leave it where you say you put sex on it? <laughs> <laughs> so like the Royal Scion is going to be insane for cards like Targnar where right. you can like double up its power to like crazy numbers like uh, this deck is sort of insane it's also really funny things I, I've realized playing this deck in standard is that you blank all heartless acts with this deck sure yeah yeah. because Bard class gives all your guys an extra 1-1 counter mm-hmm. also I hate to say it um, I do think you should be playing some amount of Mox Amber, regardless of what version you're playing. Like, I think in this, maybe we're not playing the full four, maybe we play like two to three, 
But like Mox Amber is insane with this deck. Let me tell you what. Oh yeah, wow. I'm surprised we're not. Like maybe that's just a uh, thing not having it because I, I know that card's expensive. But I'm with you. I think I think you know Mox Amber is a must. I wasn't I wasn't a believer in the Mox Amber, and then I just realized like oh wait, when Bard Clash is level three, we're just digging for free and going up in mana. Like it was just insane, and it's why I'm like looking and trying to chew off my leg as I resist the urge to buy a place at a Mox Amber's in paper. Because I love playing Bard class so much. Yeah, I mean, like I said, good luck. It's you know, any mox is still insanely expensive. So, all right, get ready to go on the next deck. Okay, we can move on. All right, fourth place. Let's talk about it. Here's the Angels deck list: Speaker of the Heavens, Bishop of Wings, Metallic Mimic, Youthful Valkyrie, Resplendent Angel, Righteous Valkyrie, Skycliff Apparition, Collect Company, Book of Exalted Deeds, and a bunch of lands, including a four Moodavault. I guess there still isn't anything better to play than Metallic Mimic, huh? No. It's a two-mana angel. I, I don't want to play it either, but it's a two-mana angel. You know, Bishop of Wings, also not an angel. And, like, you're getting a little dangerous with our with our angel count, so... Well, but Bishop know. of Wings and Speaker of the Heavens still trigger the Valkyrie, because Valkyrie also counts clerics. Hey, that's definitely important. Angel Sky or cleric. Apparition is the one that doesn't do anything for the yeah. other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but we need definitely a strong angel. Just good. I'm probably going to play this deck Sands Mimics and just see what else I can find. Just because, again, you know, I'm not going to be playing any SCG events. So I'm going to play around with it. I, I think playing Phoenix early and not playing the stock lists, I think both myself and Ricky really did discover some interesting cards that are played more main deck now, uh-huh. um, especially like Magma Spray and stuff like that. So I think playing those and deciding some of the cards that were pretty subpar in, in really getting into that deck, I like. So I wonder if I can discover anything with this deck if I, I if also I like that it plays Aven Mind Sensor in the board because, like, I think, Chris, you and I were just looking at some cards I was starting. You're just like, wait, Aven Mind Sensor's Pioneer legal? Yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? Like, freaking, you know, uh, Enigmatic Incarnation, um, Bring to Light, that's so popular in the Niv decks, right? Like, yeah. I mean, spicy. Again, I, Fable, I would like to see some Tomic for the Passage. Mirror, if some Passage, people, If obviously. some people bring in Field of Ruin against you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, again, that's where I think Tomic would be even better. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tomic, Tomic is the mirror breaker, and I can't wait to pick up several of those and 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 run that because I think that's where you're going to get the spice. Yeah. All right. Third place, Demir Control. Anything new? Anything spicy going on? We got the torrentials. Or we flash back the torrentials. Anything really hot? I guess dig. Okay. Dig some time All is right. hot. Nothing crazy. Hot. T- test of talents on the sideboard, but just pretty standard blue black. On I don't yeah, think it's that. Fair enough. Know. All right, Darkest Mage, Enigmatic Fires again. That one, oh man, the Fibblethip is the real spice for me. Yeah, I'm not sure what's like what's getting that. Are we sacking something? Are we sacking like a Chain to the Rocks to get that or anything? Chain or, like, to the Rocks, we... Oath of Nissa also gets it. Yeah, the Oath of Nissa would be the big one. Yep, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, And let's see here. They're also playing the Callous Blood Mage in the main. So we yep. got a couple cards different here. I like it. I like it. I'm in on it. I mean, look, Michael Jacobs has been putting in work with this deck lately. And then first place, Nib Delight. It's just Nib Delight. Yep. Nothing uh, nothing new, nothing fancy. But then again, doesn't have to be. Hey, you know what's really good against the Angel decks? What's that? Vanishing Verse. Vanishing Verse, pretty good. Just uh, two minute real spell. Now again, it doesn't necessarily uh, help you if you draw it too late. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, yeah. it exiles book before you can activate it. It exiles any of their creatures, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's there's some spice there. A little surprise, we're not going to do any amount of uh, Assassin's Trophy, just in case. 
but you know, I guess at that point they assume, hey, my vanishing verse is good enough if, in case I need it. So you know, mm-hmm. you can also call against command the book. You can also slaughter games. Yeah, I'm more thinking if you you know if you if you don't draw it on time, right? Like if, right. if if they if they if they book immediately activate, you're in trouble, right? So like I would like I would not mind having one answer. Which if you can play a vanishing verse on a replicate, you can certainly play an assassin's trophy or or something. So. Um, I don't. I don't see a way to kill it once they've once they've activated it. So, uh, also one thing I do like is Michael Jacobs' uh, enigmatic incarnations deck playing a main board lithoform blight to go with the blood moon, the alpine moon, because it does the same thing. It'll shut down a, a mutavolted book, a, a yeah. book mutavolt. Yeah, that's that's one thing we were looking through the day that I asked you. I was like, hey, does that work? And I was like, okay, it does. Then here we go. Here's here's yeah. the answer. So I don't feel like having the option, especially when you can just you only need a one of. But same thing with a brain delight deck, right? A brain delight deck would just need really one answer. So I just like having an answer just in case things go wrong. You know, for so. sure. All right. Well, let's see here. Ninth place, Bullwinkle six seven zero five running back Phoenix playing thing in the ice. You think thing in the ice is the way to go right now with like the angel deck and stuff like that running around? It's the fun way to go. I think thinking the ice has like always been the way to go. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the fun way to go for sure. Um, you know, again, I don't know how relevant it's going to be. My my only fear with that kind of thing is that yeah, you can send them back, but hopefully you're winning right then because if they just get to replay all their angels and gain a ton more life, it's like meh, you know. So um, as long as you're killing them quickly, which I guess is the idea. All right, Harry, thirteen and twelfth place. Remember that name, Demir Control Master of the Pioneer Format. Uh, 13th place, here we go, Island Go Sammy with the Storm variant of Bard class. What we got here? We got a Jeggy Boy. We got Ovia Pashiri. What she does doesn't matter. She's a one-mana legendary. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Three Zergo Bell Striker. Four Glee of the Endless Dance. Three Targnar Demon Fang Knoll. Three Bergy God of Storytelling. One Clopas God of Destiny. One Rada Heir of Kel. One Remus the Indomitable. One Rishkar Pima Renegade, which I think is really cool tech with the Bard class. Four Domri Anarch of Bolas, four Domri Chaos Bringer, four Xenagos the Reveler, and four Mox Amber for Oath of Nissa for Bard class. So, like I was saying, right, I was <laughs> this is the more storm variant. You have the Xenagoses, you're making big mana with Bergy. This is just you're just trying to sort of churn through your deck. And then with um with Domri in play, you get to sort of start like rioting your guys. Yeah, now, now this seems a little bit win more, but I will say that this kind of thing would have helped because you played against a like a spirits deck, and the spirits deck was just like, oh look, I just have all of the reflector mages, right? Yeah. And you couldn't play the card yet, but you also had so many cards that would cost like three and whatnot. I think you in that time you were playing mono green. Yeah, I wasn't playing bard class then. Gotcha. You weren't playing the bard class because like this seems like a way where it's like, oh look. I could just drop all of the cards that I'm getting one way or another. You because know? I but... beat I beat spirits with with Bard class mm-hmm. the the stream before, but yeah, I was playing Mono Green then, and the opponent just had the Nutter Butter Reflector Mage draws. Because like I said, Bard class definitely helps you go late here, and so I, I could yeah. see this build doing that. It just obviously didn't do as well, but who knows if that's the results of draws or what it could have been. I think this deck you have to really be careful because you will deck yourself fast without realizing it. Fair enough. So the Rish cards are cute. I like the Rishkar a lot here. I've been playing uh, the cutest thing you could play, which is I've been playing uh, three Isika. Uh-huh. God of the Tree. Oh, just to turn them all into mana dorks? Uh, your, it gives your entire legendary army vigilance and tap for mana. Mm-hmm. 
which is nice because you can attack and then you can tap for mana. If you draw a second Iska, you can tap your creatures to play the the Prismatic Bridge. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've seen many people lose with Prismatic Bridge in play. I mean, I also haven't seen many people just lose the level three Bard class in play. Mm-hmm. This is also true. Um, deck's a lot of fun. Like I said, go pick up your Bard classes now, but wait until I buy my foils first. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I did like... I sent in a bunch of Pioneer cards that I just wasn't really playing anymore, just stuff that I haven't really liked lately. So I just traded in a bunch of just, really just my standard bulk from all of all of the Pandemic, plus some Pioneer cards I didn't want anymore, and then immediately flipped it into buying all the foils I needed for the various Bard class decks, minus Mox Ambers. Uh, hey, so Bard class is one of the cards that's on the list to be Ampersand? I know. I am waiting for Card Kingdom to put them back in stock. If they are not too much more than regular foils, I'm going to buy those. Well, they're they're supposed to be prize cards. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I will I will buy reg- I will buy regular foils now, and I will upgrade over time. The LGSs. I'm just saying, look out for this. Uh, LGSs are being sent like a set of selected it's, cards. It's every it's every rare and mythic. It's every rare and mythic. It's not it's, just okay. as far as I know. It is every rare and mythic. They're getting two foil ampersanded copies of Everywhere in Mythic to give out at events as they see fit. Yeah. Hmm. And so there are two foil bard classes with the ampersand on them at every LGS soon, so hopefully. if you get one of yours from your LGS, let me know. We'll talk. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. 16th place. Bukatov playing the same thing. Just a couple minor differences here. Uh, essentially adding... To Grum Gully the Generous, Grum Gully offers you the booth. Do you accept always? That guy's been a house. Yeah, I think more than one Grum Gully. I think Grum Gully is so good, you know? Yeah. I, I was really bummed because Card Kingdom only had two foils, and some of the lists I've been working on have been playing three Grum Gully, so I had to begrudgingly buy a non fill of Grum Gully. Aww. But I'll, I'll replace it later on. But yeah, Grum Gully offering the booth, like, he, it just makes all your. Like, none of your legendaries are human as well to begin with, so. Except for Ovia Pashiri. But everything else is a non-human. So, uh, yeah, Rod is not... Yeah, everything else is a non-human. So you just get to really make some big creatures. Like, I was playing the version with, like, Pelt Collectors. Mm-hmm. And it was really easy. Like, you would think, like, oh, most of you guys like 2-2s and 3-3s. Well, once you have a Bard class in play, once you have a Grumgully in play, now you're just making, like, 4-4s and 5-5s. That, that uh, Pelt Collector grows pretty fast. Tell you what, hey, I want to mention real quick, uh, Zerk in fifth in fifteenth place. I'm pretty sure we've seen them play this before, but in case you're just somebody who likes to beat down and cast spells, uh, definitely clever Lumamancer, um, Featherless Feather is still viable. You know, so just good old fashioned red white. You've heard us talk about it a million times. So I'm not going to go over it too much more. You can go see any list that plays it, but you know, if you're a person who likes the tempo, you know what I'm saying, or just likes, I guess aggressive is the right answer. You know, it's got an okay matchup against other creature decks with your reckless rages and whatnot. So don't be afraid. You know what I'm saying? Show up with it, beat down, do your thing. You know, you don't have a lot of backup strats, but hey, it does its thing. All right. Do you want to talk about just some honest magic for a minute? Let's talk about 20th place Manjui with just Esper Yorian. That's honest magic these days. Is this what they call honest magic? Look, yeah. there's no books here. There's no bard classes. There's no bring delights. Yeah. We're just playing charming princes and basilica bell haunts and gontis. That seems pretty fair to me and Pioneer right now. There's a two of Elspeth commits tax fraud. That's fine. That's fair. <laughs> it's in the tax code for a reason. Why not take part? Yeah, I guess so. So what do we got here? 
We got one companion Yorian, so we're playing the eighty cards, the the, the uh, eighty one special here. Four mm. Charming Prince, two Skyclave Cleric, four Elite Spellbinder, two Murderous Rider, three Basilica Bell Hunt. What a, like talk about a card that like really made it in standard that just has done nothing in Pioneer lately uh, or at all. It's no Rhino. It's no Rhino. Mm-hmm. If if Rhino can't make it, Belhaunt can't. That's exactly right. To the Scarab God, three Moriorian Sky Cl- Sky Nomad, three Kaya Orzov Usurper, one or two Teferi Hero of Dominaria, four Fatal Push, three four Thoughtseize, three Banishing Verse, two Agony's Awakening, one Amarius Call, four Omen of the Sea, three Oath of Kaya, two Elspeth commits tax fraud, and a bunch of lands. I mean, look, this is just honest magic for a Yorian deck. I don't disagree with you. I think for a Yorian deck, this is the most honest Yorian deck we've seen. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. probably, I think this deck seems more fun. Probably not worth playing if you're looking to go to some super competitive deck or some super competitive event. But, you know, obviously there's not a lot of those right now, especially for Pioneer. So I say go for it. I mean, this deck looks super awesome, right? Like, I definitely want to use Charming Prince to blink some of the sweet creatures we've got, especially Elite Spellbinders, make our attacks our opponent even harder, you know? All right. Uh, 24th place, Hope of 130, playing just a different take of big of Mono Red here. Looks like we got some big red back in the house. Four Soulscar Mage, four Eidolon of the Great Arrow, two Kari Zev, four Bonecrusher Giant, four Goblin Chain Whirler, four Rampage of on four Torbrand, Thane of Redfelt, two Chandra TOD, four Wild Slash, four Lightning Strike, three Den of the Bugbear, along with 17 Mountains, and four Ramuna Ruins. What do you think of this one? Some chonky red action. Den of the Bugbear is a pretty good card, actually. It's pretty good. Is it the be- is it the best out of the cycle? No, I think that maybe. I don't know. The green one's really good. If only Arena would quit trying to make me pay zero for it. Oh, does it really? Yeah, it even says on the card X cannot be zero, but like if oh. you have one mana up, Arena will hold priority for you until you say no. I don't oh, want to activate my layer of the Hydra for zero. <laughs> All right, 25th place, Miss Trigger playing the Angel Book Special here. Uh, 28th place, Eridos playing... Here is some really honest Yorian. Now we're just playing Agent of Treachery. Actually, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. This deck is booking it. This is un- This is ill. This is illicit. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is illicit Yorian here. Mm-hmm. We have 4th Raid Inspector, 4 Charming Prince, 4 Reflector Mage. Four Skyclave Apparition, four Elite Guard Mage, three Orion Sky Nomad, two Agent of Treachery, four Portable Hull, three Book of Exalted Deeds, four Omen of the Sea, four Silk Rep, three Faith Fetters, three Elspeth Prince Tax Chart. Well, I don't know. Faith Fetters and Silk Rep are pretty fair. Faith but... Fetters seems like the fairest magic card. I don't know why this <laughs> but, is here. But here we go. Agent of Treachery is for the mirror match, so let me take us. Thank you, opponent. Let me take your Mutavault. Yeah, now I'm never losing the game, right? This I won't lie to you. This seems like a deck that was made to make me angry that they're not playing monk class. I'm just going to put it out there. You know what I'm saying? This deck deserves a monk class. Uh, I definitely should have had... What is it casting off a monk class? Uh, I mean, you can cast anything off a monk class. All right, that's fair. (laughs) That's the thing about it, right? You got anything off a monk class. Like, I definitely think Jeskai is shaping up to be one of the better places for it because Expressive Iteration, I think, just loves to be partners with that card. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when you get a second spell, it's cheaper. So, like, Jeskai is probably the way to go. Help me out, Discord. You know what I'm saying? But this deck should definitely be playing it. Um, you know, you can bounce your own Yorian if you want to. You can bounce your opponent's stuff and keep it around. You can Yorian and then reset your thing to bounce your Yorian to recast Yorian. This deck is absolutely perfect for a monk class. I'm upset. Chris, are you, are you like, taking car salesman lessons from, like, 
some guy from New Jersey. You're just asking me if I know what you're saying a lot. Are you going to tell me to forget about it next? Uh, I'm walking here. I okay. guess that's a New York guy, but that's my best New York accent. All right, all right. Some hard-hitting monsters, I see. Mm-hmm. I've been rapping a lot in my free time. Know what I'm saying? I got you. All right. Mm-hmm. Not me. Mm-hmm. Not me. All right. But all right. So we have another take on book here. Like I said, Age of Treachery for the Mirror Breaker. Man, we, we are hard-casting Age of Treachery. No transmogs here. We're just paying the full seven. Yeah, this is this is a respect. This is a res- put some respect on my name, Agent of Treasure. The most honorable way to steal a permanent <laughs> seven mana. Let me take that from you. Uh, and then twenty ninth place, uh, Batutina playing again the Coco Angel deck list, and that's kind of for this one to really sum it up. The three big, the two big decks to talk about here. This this challenge had three decks with Bard class in it and four decks with the book combo. So kind of keep that in mind as we move into the next challenge. What's funny is though, that wasn't enough to put the book in the top 10 most played cards. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of just shy here, but I think in the next challenge, it should be up in the top 10 there because let's look at this top eight in eighth place. We have watch wolf 92 with enigmatic fires parrot. Let on seventh place with Niv to Light, sixth place, uh, Marolzani, Marolanzi. Sorry about that. With Mono Green Planeswalkers, huh? We're just uh, doing it old school, huh? In fifth place, you have Tunico Inferno with the Storm variant of Bard class. Taya Buri in fourth place is Mono Black Aggro. Harry 13, the Demir Control Godfather, taking it down in third place with that Demir Control. Second place, Maniac Engineer with Mono White Devotion featuring the book combo. And first place, Soul Strong playing Rakdos. Let's take a quick look here. Is this Enigmatic Fires deck doing anything different? Nope, we're looking at the same sort of list that Darkest Mage played. Uh, Parrot Let's, let's see here. Anything spicy in their Niv to Light deck list? Nothing I can really see. Sixth place. Let's talk. Let's just talk for a minute about Modern Green Planeswalkers here. So we're we're on the no Karn variant, which seems like a bold choice in a in a format of book running around, right? Right. I feel like now is the time for Karn. Uh, but we're doing the Vorinclex special here, so we have the Mystics, the Elves, BTE, Scoos, Hydra, Visionary, Gargaroth, and Vorinclex just to try to power out some big spells with our Nissas. And Vivian's here. It's just, just some straight honest magic, huh? That's it. As honest as Elder Gargaroth is. I'm just saying, like, wait, where are the cards at? Come on, bring out your cards. This is the time for Karn. He his static ability actually means something in this format now. Yeah, because it stops the uh, it stops the activated ability. I mean, I see what you're talking about, right? Like, yeah. Karn's good. I think we've talked about wanting, um, you know, wanting other answers to it, but. Uh, you know, Karn's going to be the best you're going to do in Mono Green. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Fifth place, like I said, Tunic Caberno with the Storm variant of Bard class here with, I think the card's a really good include in Arlen Cord, um, so you can flip her and then use her other plus one to give all your creatures plus one plus one trample until end of turn. No arguments here on that one. Can you flip her and then use her backside immediately? I don't think so. I think you have to wait a turn. I sort of lost that play with Arlen Cord, so don't quote me on that. Plus, I'm not a real judge anymore. Oh, ish. 
You didn't pay your judge dues. Well, I, I actually, I'm still a judge until December when they start trying to charge me. I'm going to say no, thank you. But uh, I'm not planning on judging anytime soon, so I'm off the hook now. Hell yeah. All right, let's see here. Mono black aggro, anything a spicy? Nope. And then Demir control Harry thirteen. All right, let's let's give this a little more look now. We got the we got the top eight here by Mister Harry thirteen. Trunchy Gearhulk. I like Ashiok Nightmare Muse in the main. That's a card I don't think gets uh gets enough play in Pioneer. Where's dreams of Ashiok when you need them? You know? Yeah. That's what I had to say. Okay. And that's it. I that's, wish. That, I that wish. Was... I wish Heartless Act did something to book combo, but it doesn't do anything. Even if you take the counter off it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it kills it in response, right? I mean, there's there's that, you know? I mean, that's yeah. it's, it, that does the same as any other kill spell. It definitely feels like it should do more. But, you know, hey. Wait, in the arc, that guy's not just killing that lion, is he? Uh, well, it's not a lion. That's actually, um, what's his name? The Ikoria Planeswalker's little buddy pet. His, Pater- his Pateria Tiger or whatever it's called. Hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. What do you say, Ricky? Does removing the counter not kill it? No, because if I read, if I'm reading the book right, um, the counter, the ability isn't tied to the counter. It just gets the counter. The land continues to burn, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, it, let's see here. It's card specific notes. The Enlightenment counter placed by the last ability serves as a memory aid. It isn't connected to the granted ability. The angel keeps that ability even if it loses the counter. Similarly, the counter is somehow moved to another permanent. That permanent doesn't gain the ability. It's not like um, the flood counter cards. So I was actually recently thinking and like scheming in okay. the dumbest way, right? Okay, I'm ready. I'm here for so, it. So are you ready for the stupidest thing you could do with angel uh, yeah. book combo? All right. You can... Play it in Lotus. Oh my god, Ricky. In your sideboard. You can copy your opponent's beautiful with your Thespian stage. <laughs> wish for the book. Play it and do it to your Thespian staged beautiful. But wait, wait would you more. need to? If it becomes a copy, would it not have the ability? Wait, can my Thespian stage just copy their mutable with the ability? Like has it yeah. wasn't what hasn't that been a thing? Like remember that thing where like people were talking about the the copying uh, some other crazy land, and like you, yours is better than theirs, or something like that. Yeah, Thespian State should have that ability. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there, I was like gonna, I was gonna like convolutedly make my Thespian Stage a mutavolt, and then put the counter on, and then turn Thespian Stage into a Lotus Field to give it hexproof with the counter on it. But now I've just learned that uh, I can't ever lose to book while I'm playing a Lotus combo. Ricky, I gotta ask you: how, Have you been just like trying to find health insurance that exists in Pepe <laughs> Sylvia type shenanigans? Oh my god! <laughs> Look, my plan doesn't cover anything. So, uh, <laughs> if you, if you know a good health provider, after yeah, because Pepe Sylvia, there was that oh, there was that big deal with the Thespian Sage copying like Urza Saga type stuff and all the abilities it gains and doesn't gain and, and whatnot like that. But like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, like your card gains that ability. Like if you copy a creature with flying or something like that, I'm pretty sure your guy gets flying yeah. too, you know? Oh so, yeah. You, if you copy a, a booked uh, land, right. I mean, like um, it, it has that ability. I, mean, I don't know if it has to be, you know, a creature or not, or how it all works. We'd have to read it, but definitely if you copy it, no, because the land just has that ability. It doesn't, you don't have to keep the mutable as a creature. It just has that ability, right? There you go. So your land has that ability. Wow. 
Now we just kill our opponent's land uh, from the sideboard with Wish or something like that. Yeah. In the game. Uh, never mind. Everything it, bad I've said about Book, uh, I take back. Just... <laughs> okay. Let's just go delete those parts of the podcast real fast. Yeah, you know what? I'm not but how okay are you, with what Book. Are you, what, but how, okay. But here's my question, though. What are you going to do as the Lotus player? Because if you're if you're able to copy someone's Vault with your Thespian stage, you can't. As how you can't answer that as Lotus. Can yeah, you force yeah. a draw or no? Like, how does that work? That's what I want to know. Is like, I, I can. I, you could just like draw. Like, yeah, you could draw. I mean, um, in paper, but in Midgo, it's dumb to sit around to see who's going to clock out first and just stare at your opponent and just pass priority as fast as possible because there's no I mean, draws in Midgo. That's what I want. Yeah, that's definitely what I want to know. Is just like, hey, like in in paper, would could somebody refuse it? I guess they could, right? I guess they could just sit there and go forever because like. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way to stop it, right? Like, you can't lose from decking out, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I want to know how that goes. In in paper, it can be a draw. But in Mitko, there are no draws, right? It's No, just... that I understand. That I understand. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just wanting to know, can I refuse, right? Like, can I refuse a draw and instead just draw the match unintentionally? You know what I'm saying? Like, unintentionally by just going, well, we're just going to draw go forever? Or, like, is it forced to stop? That's what I want to know. No, I mean, like, like it's up to you to... This is easy. Like, I just thespian stage and I wait till I can combo off. And when I combo off, I'm also just going to go get a copy of Alpine Moon. Okay, yeah. all right. Fair. Yeah, I, I figure that's probably part of the solution there, right? You just wait till you have enough mana because you have the critical mass. So I just or wonder like, if you couldn't. If you could. Or go tutor away to blow up their land. And mm-hmm. then, because like, I'm going to win with like a Jace or Thassa's Oracle activation. I guess, I guess Alpine Moon only shuts off your opponent's lands. So like even if you're really? zero, it, yeah. So even if you're at zero life, you wouldn't lose to your own Alpine Moon. Oh, interesting. This is a, a Google search full episode. Let me tell you, um, lands no. your opponents control. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm really oh. upset because I was trying to buy mm. foil Alpine Moons and Card Kingdom was sold out. Oh, huh. yeah. I need to purchase a foil Alpine Moon now for my sideboard. Huh? How much are foil Alpine Moons right now? Oh, only five dollars. That's not bad. Let's go to StarCityGames.com. Hey, sponsor us. Hashtag, please sponsor us. <laughs> Hashtag, somebody sponsor us. Besides the wonderful folks at Ink Gaming, where you can buy one of our playmats, using the link below. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, first place, Soul Strong with uh, the Rakdos Arcanist list. Nothing new here except two main board go blank. Ricky, look away. Look away, Ricky. I don't like go blank. Did you skip over <laughs> Maniac Engineer second place Venus? I did because I already I just had it open, so okay, I wasn't thinking about. It. All right, fair enough. all right. So yeah, yeah. Second place Maniac Engineer. Uh, I don't know if this is exact. This is not the exact list uh, Claudio played because Claudio played a similar list with with the Karn package. So we'll talk about that when we go to the leagues. Uh, so this is Mono White Devotion essentially with the book package here and Yorian because of course we're playing Yorian, right? Mm-hmm. So we have. One Yori in the Sky Nomad, four Thraven Inspector, four Charming Prince, four Knight of the White Orchid, one Tomic Distinguished Advocate, three Priest of Ancient Lore. Uh, for those that don't know, it's the new Dwarf Cleric. It's a 2-1 for three. Learners the Battlefield, you gain one life and draw a card. Four Sky oh. Apparition, one Gisela the Broken Blade, one Lyra Dawnbringer, four Thalia's Lancers. So we can tutor up the book with Thalia's you know who, Lancers. You know who randomly owns four copies of Thalia's Lancers? Is it you? It's me. Yeah, it's me. I don't know why I have four copies of this card. Um, I'm pretty sure it's because I opened them. Like, I got, like, 
I got like uh, several foreign boxes of whatever this set is: Shadows of Rainestrad, Block, uh, Eldritch Moon, Eldritch Moon. Yeah, you know, whatever that, whatever that terrible, terrible Are set is. Are they foil, Chris? No, they're definitely not foil. I just I have a set because I was like playing some green white deck against a friend I was teaching magic, and I was like, oh yeah, look, this will go get me something, and it literally went and got me Gisela and uh, her sister, Bruna. So that's what I was getting with it. Thalia's Lancers was a Walmart promo also. So Oh, nice. There we go. That's why I assumed you had them. You'd no. bought Walmart packs in the middle of the night when you were weak. It's okay. We all, all right. have those times. All right. So then we also have one else with Sun's Champion, one Ooing the Sprite Dragon, four Search for Glory. Another just let's go tutor up my book, huh? All right. Okay. Fair enough. One Emirius Call, three Portable Hole, one Shadow Spear, four Book of Exalted Deeds, and then four Book of Dirty Deeds. This is the real Book of Vile. Uh, three baffling and and the land package. All right, so what do you think of this? We're we're playing the Orion special. First of all, we're playing Gisela. It's kind of free just to include the Bruna, right? Yeah, but I think Bruna costs like seven or something like that. Yeah, but you're a Nykthos deck, so you know you want to make the meld happen. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because you can also tutor it with your Thalia's Lancers, with your Search for Glories. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So look, let's play the one of Bruna just to make meld happen, just to see what Mitko does if you try to meld a card right now. <laughs> we just want to see if oh, Mitko no. still remembers how to do it. <laughs> how to meld. Can it do it? It's got to roll a d20 first. <laughs> what do you think of this list, though? I mean, we're only playing the one Nykthos. Is, is this the truth? Always the truth. I don't think this is the truth at all. I think the green-white build is way better. I think this deck is good. Okay. Enough. I think this deck just lives off the fact that it has eight, it has twelve copies of book essentially, right? And like, <sighs> priest of ancient lore is really interesting, and charming prince can gain you the life to get an angel, which is interesting. And yeah, isn't yeah. the white orchid better than the dog? Who knows? I think so. I think charming prince is re- is really really hot right now. Like. Um, for a lot of reasons, again, like, you know, it's not so relevant now, but the big thing is that, you know, exile another target creature you own, which was a huge deal for a while, right? Like, yeah, you can steal my creatures, um, but I'm just going to get them back with a Charming Prince, right? Uh, right. Not, not as big a deal now, but it's there. So, but being able to, you know, just blink something I have anyway, whether or not you control it or not, even, even if you've stolen it, just me blinking my own stuff is super huge right now, especially with all of the Palos running around. Also, the gaining life to activate our book, it just, it works out too perfectly. You know, I mean, it, it's a 3-3 three, three flyer, right? The angel gets flying, so uh, pretty sick, pretty sick. And again, I, right. I like the inclusion of Tilmix, so. All right, well, that's our top eight. Let's quickly run through the rest of this challenge and then wrap up with the league, because we're already hitting an hour here. This is a, there's a lot of metagame to cover. Um, yeah, I'm ready to sure. get out. All right, let's see here. 14th place, Venom 1 with the angel version of book deck. 15th place, Clyde the Glide Drex, we're trying to make the run back with the teamer version of bard class beatdowns here 18th place to knock to knock with the angel deck again uh batutina with uh angel in 23rd place Eridos with in 26 with blue white the age of treachery version of the book again and 31st place hamuda playing in soul with for Black Staff and Waterdeep, because they are playing the blue-red variant with Shrapnel Blast. Nice. So a quick rundown for this one is this event had five decks with book combo here. 
and which put Book of Exalted Deeds in ninth place with 19 copies overall. Yeah. So uh, clearly, clearly do not go unprepared for the book matchup. I think it's pretty safe to say. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think it's been a little bit too um, ignored, and I think you're going to have to definitely prepare for it. Again, you know, there are a lot of decks that can accidentally prepare for it, which I think is nice. Again, you know, decks that are going to tutor with Enigmatic Incarnation or, you know, Niv to Light or um, what we're just talking about, Lotus Combo. Right, there are decks that can just incidentally make it happen. Or again, you know, if you want to switch to the mono white that's going to be tutoring for its legendaries, I'm pretty sure Tomic is legendary. You can tutor for that. It is and stop yeah. them that way. So if you want to play that version of it, you know, you certainly can. So I think there's plenty of ways you can kind of incidentally, incidentally fight it. But I think it's going to be important. And I was kind of hoping we'd see the return of a little more combo in order to combat it. Right, combo that can kill it, and then your uh-huh. life total doesn't matter. If, if for the particularly the life gain versions of the deck, but uh, yeah, this works too. All right, well, real quick, let's take a look at the league postings for the nineteenth because we have Claudio here, like I talked about, with the mono white devotion take of this. So Yorian and as companion, four three inspector, four charming prince, four knight of the white orchid, two loyal warhound, three elite spellbinder, four heliod suncrowned, four skyclave apparition, four arcanist owl, four Karn the great creator, two Amirius call. Three Portable Hole, two Maze Mind Tome, three Book Exalted Deeds, one Baffling End, three Elspeth Conquers Death. And then we have kind of the mono white equivalent of the Karn package, including uh, our fourth book in the sideboard, which is Karn Tutable here. So Karn giving us the built in protection against Tomic. I, um, Claudio said that with Karn, you didn't really need the, the Tomic protection here in the board. Uh, and they are instead opting to, of course, they are also running. Uh, Field of Ruin and Cave of the Frost Dragon. Okay, that's spicy. Haven't really seen Cave of the Frost Dragon anymore, or really since the, the set launch. Uh, but they are main boarding two Field of Ruin. Claudio came prepared for that mirror match. Um, and then let's see here Demon Barber with the Insole 5 0, the blue white version. Uh, I do want to shout out La 11. I think we've talked about them several times. They usually play like the Master Waves Risen Reef Blue Devotion deck list. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have not one but two five O's here with different versions of their blue green devotion deck list here. One of them playing no Mandrox, the other playing Mandrox, but these are both taking making use of the new card Dragon Turtle. Uh, also playing Entrancing Melody. Okay, all right, Entrancing Melody, Solomgar's Scorn. Oh, oh, that's sick. Solomgar's Scorn with Dragon Turtle. I don't know what you're talking about. What does it do? Dragon tur- Dragon Turtle is a dragon. I thought it was a turtle. It's a dragon turtle. Well, I like turtles. I don't know how I feel about dragons. Yeah. And I think the last deck list to talk about... Oh, sorry. We got two more, actually. In uh, Ramzamella 7, playing Mono Green with the Werewolf Pack Leader there. Here's what you'd expect. Playing the Great Henge. I'm still going to mess around with Ranger Class, but I don't think it's going to live up as much to the hype as I had initially wanted, but it's going to take a little more testing for me to really kind of decide if that's going to be the case or not. Yeah, no I think form of the Hydra. Uh, yeah, no aspect of the Hydra. That's a little I, a little off there. Um, but between Primal Might and Coco and the Great Henge, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily terrible, but I don't like what book is doing to the format overall. I like, yeah, you know, you can still play whatever. So you're only limited by the book players in, in your particular metagame. And then obviously, you know, whoever's going to show up to our, 
our webcam events potentially with it. But, you know, I think there's still a lot of fun decks you can play with Winding Constrictor and or Hardened Scales. I think there's some reasonable hotness with the um, the new Jelly or the yeah, new Ochre whatever jelly. card it is. That's the card, right? Ochre Jelly yeah. plus plus any plus one counter or snazziness is infinite creature. So I think there's some fun stuff there that's just it's so hard to fight through how much life the Angels deck can gain, you know? If it wasn't for that and the book, you could deal with one or the other, but the fact that they just gain so much life and they just eventually can overwhelm is is just a little bit crazy for, for my tastes. Yep. All right. Uh, last deck to talk about here is Void Warrior playing Elves here for Elvish Mystic, for Nalroot Trapper, for Leonard Elves, for Dwayne's Elite, for Elvish Warmaster, for Circle of Dreams Druid, for Marwin the Nurturer, to Realm Walker, for Shaman of the Pack, uh, you got four Court of Calling, four Collective Company, four Turn Timber Symbiosis. My only thing is like, what are we doing with all this mana? Like a whole lot of nothing. Like, sure you cast and Turn Timber Symbiosis. Yeah, for what? Like another Shaman? Like, sure that's good, but like I don't know. I this just doesn't quite do it for me. We're activating uh, Elvish Warmaster a bunch. Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that activation is pretty huge with our extra mana. I think that's that's the big one because we were we were actually talking about this when we took a small break there, and I was like thinking the same thing. I was like, man, I want my circle of dreams druid to play bigger. Like I was talking to Ricky, he was like, I played Somberwald Sage to get to Craterhoof Behemoth, you know? Yeah. So you know, where's our where's our in raise forerunners or something like that? You know? That's that's what I was thinking, right? Like, and like, don't get me wrong, like I don't know, I maybe now is the time to try Marwin out, but like she. She has never done anything whenever I've tried to play elves or played against elves. Yeah, I, I mean, think I'd cut the cords. Yeah. Okay. For for uh, Solar Messenger. Okay. And I think we have more of a. I think we got a ball game at that point, right? Okay, sure. Because we can hit, we can hit more stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that just keeps our ball rolling. Whereas, like, cord is going to go get us one shaman of the pack or our realm walker. Mm-hmm. But That's like, fair. I don't so, mind Court of Calling in general. I wonder if it's like a concussion out to a one or two of just because again, sometimes you you know you really need your engine cards, right? So right. If, if if it's getting us an impactful card, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan. But maybe four of is too much. It's tough to say. I just traditionally I'm a fan of Court of Calling, but I see what you're saying. It it feels like here we do have a pretty critical mass of important cards. So how much mana would you pay for a glimpse of nature? Uh, probably three. Three or four. I was thinking three, like green, green, colorless. Yeah. Huh. My thing as well, like, if we have all this extra mana, why not just play Elvish Clan Caller as well? Like, you're going to have the extra mana to go tutor for up the extra copies. I don't think this deck is more interested in the tallness of Elvish Clan Caller. I think it's more interested in the wide. All right. That's fair. I feel like if it's more interested in the wide, we'd have more token creators, you know? Well, I mean, there's only so many token creators. It has Dwinesley and Warmaster. Those are, like, the two you have. Sure, sure. I don't know. I just, like, I need to go back and mess around with Elves again. I definitely had a lot of fun with the deck. I just don't know if this is what I would do if I'm going to have, like, Circle of Dreams and Marwin just to try to go really big with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, we're still probably getting it with that Shaman of the Pack, so. I like that this deck plays 14 lands. Uh, it's got uh, 18 with the Turn Timbers. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely low. I mean, I, I had not noticed that until you pointed it out. So I mean, we have twelve mana dorks, so you better hope one of them lives because you're gonna probably keep most of your hands are gonna be like one, maybe two mana. I think it's dope. I think though the like maybe three dark boar pathway and like two overgrown tombs. Uh huh. Just because like the pathways, man, the pathways are interesting. People play them wrong all the time. 
it's really like they're they're definitely not as good as duels. Like the Shocklands are definitely better. I play Shocklands over Pathways all the time. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, we live in a Pathway world now, and uh, cards like Dark Boar Pathway. Like if your opener is like Gnarlroot Trapper as your mana dork, and you like Dark Boar on black to play your Gnarlroot Trapper, like you could just get stuck. Yeah, especially if your opponent just zaps or pushes your trapper. Right. And, like, now you've got, like, one black mana, and you're never going to cast that Circle of Dreams druid now, and, like... The angels are never going to win the pennant. (laughs) Exactly. And my dad will never come pick me back up on his motorcycle. The whole nine yards. Unless we have some angels show up with their book to ruin a fair game of baseball. Oh, my God. All right. That is the best... That is the best connection. This has been one big look at the metagame. So one last round of thoughts. What do you think? Are we, do we need, I obviously I'm not calling, I'm not going to say ban the book, but uh, you know, let's uh, everyone, I think just needs to really come prepared for it now. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I I don't think you'd be too far off. What do you think, Enrique? I think that the D and D set for being like the lowest powered set we've ever seen in a long time is done a lot to our format. I think so too. And that's really interesting to me that like, I looked at the set and I was like, eh, it's got like a couple good cards, but it's mostly garbage. But those couple good cards, cards are, like, are really real good. good. Yeah. <laughs> They're bringing like obscure archetypes into like top tier. Mm-hmm. They created their own new archetypes. Like it's sort of crazy how much just like uh Moonblast cleric and, uh, book can do to the meta yeah so and let's not forget bard class our our oh, key, yeah. our, our number zero pick on our top 10 list <laughs> yeah yeah i, I would i would like to go back and uh replace my monk class with bard class i would like to go back and redo the entire top 10 <laughs> really i don't think we were that far off i think it's tough to call right like i think our first couple were easier because the format was so new right like I think a lot of the ones new decks have been coming out because of the cards. And I think that's been super interesting as a result. I think the only card I would really change is I would just move Ranger class lower in the list. Sure. I would talk more about Bard class. I would uh, have <laughs> listened about the moon druid. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this week, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for tuning in once again every week in and week out. Episode 85, we're getting really close to 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are we going to do? I don't know. Another... What? We'll do that one episode topless. <laughs> I see. Huh. Do, we, do we live stream from Olive Garden or an Applebee's? Oh. That would be funnier. Yeah, be... I, think we, I think we do. Might, maybe we do get the boys together for that somehow, um, some way. We'll do, we'll do probably another big Q&A episode for 100. We'll do something fun like a live stream from Applebee's or something do like that. Do a combo. I mean, at this point, we've answered so many questions. How many questions can the people have? You know what it's I'm saying? Been, like, it's been, we haven't done a Q&A since like episode 50. True, but I just feel like I've gotten less interesting since then as a person overall. You know, you I probably just so. probably don't need to ask me any more questions. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we do a few questions and then we pop in our, our live segment live from uh, live from Olive Garden. Sure. Me and Chris will play Battle Spirits at the Olive Garden. That's exactly right. That's exactly we'll, right. We'll figure we'll figure something out. We'll, but thank you again for joining us on this ride. Piner's really sweet. A little bit of news for something that's some, that's some stuff that's coming up next week. I'm going to be taking the week off from streaming. 
Um, again, it's not like I'm trying to be a full-time streamer anyway. I just, well, I'm going to be starting a new job next week. So I want to take the time to figure out my schedule and get everything figured out before I try to keep committing to, you know, even my couple hours of streaming every week. And then when we come back, I think I might take a bit of a magic break. We'll stream something fun. I think I'm downloading like Pokemon Infinite Fusions and Ooh. streaming that for like a week or two and then coming back in hitting it strong with Pioneer once again. Just take a little magic break and just relax, have some fun, just talk with chat. Because honestly, chat talk with chat's my favorite part of streaming, which I think is a lot of streamers' favorite thing, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, besides that, we'll keep on rolling like normal. We'll have the, the the podcast going on. I might try to do like a YouTube video or two in that time when I'm doing magic light kind of stuff. So we'll see what goes on with that. That's kind of the announcement for that. Uh, again, reminder, thank you everyone on Patreon, patreon.com, just MG for supporting us with the three different tiers available, technically four if you're an international listener. Uh, make sure to hit, check out and give us some ideas on, we've been really busy with uh, metagame focus shows lately, but we'll probably start cutting back here soon, the next week or so, be more open to uh, Patreon suggested topics, so make sure you put those into the Patreon channel. And then as well, Ryder, next week is the, not only next weekend is the next webcam event. So be sure to have your deck ready for that. I'm not sure what I'm going to play it because besides the cards for uh, Storming Entity, I also picked up the cards for Bard Class. I'm going to play one of those two decks, not sure which. So uh, that gives you a little head up what I'm going to play. And then next week, of course, is our next monthly Does It Slap Challenge. So be sure to get your submissions in by about, let's say, noon next Monday so I can go through and tabulate and organize all those deck lists. The challenge, again, for those who haven't submitted already, is to give us a party deck, which is either the party mechanic, warrior, cleric, or wizard tribal. We're not we're saying no to rogues just because rogues already kind of has a pioneer deck. Uh, you know, So those three tribes or party overall should be a lot of fun. Gentlemen, where can they find you on social media? Hey, you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. I don't tweet a lot, mostly react to other people's stuff, but feel free to at me if you want. I do check it about once a day, not too regularly. Uh, I wanted to mention that next week, also my birthday, and uh, I will I might take up your streaming mantle for a couple days as like a fun little thing uh, if uh, if you're not going to. So sure, let me know if you want to. You're more yeah, than welcome yeah. to. There we go. All right, Ricky. You can find me at at also Steve. I'm trying to tweet more, so follow me. Fair enough. And where can they find your other work? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Door Monster. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you all again for. Oh, also, I'm at Crew Three Podcast on Twitter, Crew Three MTG on YouTube and Twitch. So be sure to check us out there. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>